Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. I've been talking about uh, the Spirit-filled life. Last week I talked about having our hearts and our lives ready for what God wants to do. Basically, getting some things out that that were hindering us. And, uh, you know, I I got thinking about God as a good father. You know, I don't mind somebody's correction, someone that's in authority over me. um, If I know they have my best interest in their hearts and they love me, they care about me, I'll take correction. I want that. Uh, But, you know, a lot of folks don't really understand that God is like that. So when God corrects, it's not that he is there to put us down or condemn us or reject us. And I think a lot of times we think that. But he's not like that. He is a good God. So if he deals with something in our lives so that we might have more of him, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, even though sometimes it's uncomfortable. Sometimes it may bring us a little pain. But uh, God's good, and and he wants to fill us. And I will tell you, the happy Christian life is the spirit-filled life. And we need to get overflowing with his Holy Spirit. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5. Let's begin at verse 15. He said, uh, See then that you walk circumspectly or cautiously, not as fools but as wise. Redeem the time because the days are evil. And the days are evil. Are they not? Sure. Therefore, we we need to take advantage of every opportunity. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Well, what is the will of the Lord? Verse 18 tells us. He said, do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation or it's reckless living, it's excessive. But be filled with the Spirit. So what is the will of God for our lives? That we be filled continuously that we stay full of his spirit. So if it's the will of God, you know, it's not difficult to get God to do something that he's already said that he wants to do. That's a profound statement, isn't it? No, it's a simple statement. A lot of times we don't think that way. It's not hard to get God to do something that he's already said he wants to do. And he said, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. And like I shared a couple of weeks ago, you know, drinking one glass of wine won't get you drunk. I don't know how many you have to, to, to drink, but I assume it's, it's several, right? If you drink a bottle, I would imagine it's going to affect the way you think. Well, God wants us filled with the Spirit, but he wants us to be overflowing with the Spirit of God. So we will overflow on other people. Is that possible? Is that possible for you and for me and for every believer to get so filled with the Spirit of God? And, and you know, Paul said... In Romans 5, 5, he said, the love of God is poured out in our heart by the Holy Spirit. So that, love, that, that Holy Spirit will so fill us so that love will come out when it's difficult. Love will come out on people who, who are not lovely and, and will know what to say. And, and even the miraculous and, and the power of God will work in us and through us on people that, that want to experience, that, that need it. Maybe they don't, don't even want to, but they get to anyway. It is not as only is it possible, that is the, the will of God. Praise God. I tell you. And I say, Lord, if that's your will, then, you know what all he really wants from us is for us to believe it. You know, the reason why 120 disciples, followers of Christ, were filled with the Spirit in Acts chapter 2 was because they did what Jesus told them to do. They just went there. They were praying. 
I guess they went home, you know, for <laughs> slept in their homes at night. I don't know. But they were right there. They came together every day. And then one day, and I don't know if Jesus told them that it was going to happen on the day of Pentecost. I don't really think he did. He just said, in, in a few days, you're going to be filled with the Spirit of God. And one day, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were together in one accord in one place. And all of a sudden, praise God, like a rushing mighty wind, it came in and they were filled with the Spirit of God. Well, I don't know if they were totally expecting that. They, they were expecting it. They just didn't know when. You know, God's a good father and, and good dads and good moms, too. You know, they like to surprise their kids. Did, did, did you ever do that? Did you just surprise your kids with something maybe they weren't expecting? and You just blessed them? I mean, something good, not something bad. Yeah. Wednesday morning, about 5.45 a.m., I'm in bed, I'm awake, and I'm looking at my phone, and I get a text from our youngest daughter who lives in San Diego, and she says, Dad, are you awake? Now, San Diego's two hours earlier than us, so that means it's about 3.45 a.m. in the morning, and my youngest is is saying, are you awake? Now, we knew she was going to fly in Thursday to Dallas, and our daughter who lives down there was going to pick her up, and she was going to stay with them, and then we were going to meet at Texoma, at our daughter's place on uh, Friday. So I knew she was, you know, she, she had that plan. So I look at that and I say, yeah, I'm awake. Are you okay? You want to talk? So I get up, you know, get myself out of bed and go in the back patio. And I'm sitting there. And then she says, I'll call you in about 10 minutes. So I said, okay. So all these things, you know, her dog's been kind of sick. He's on some medicine. I thought, maybe he died. She died or something. Or maybe she's sick. All these things start coming into my mind. I mean, what could she be wanting to talk about in the middle of the night, or early morning at least? You know, that's true. That's true. We shouldn't, but we often do. And then I'm sitting outside, and all of a sudden, I hear the doorbell ring. I thought, now, wait a minute. This ain't right. <laughs> I'm already a little anxious over the, the text, and now, now the doorbell's ringing. I thought, who in the world is ringing our doorbell? I mean, it's about 6 a.m. now. So I'm going to the door. And I know as I'm, as I'm going there, I, I, I think in the beginning, in the my back of my mind, I'm thinking, could it be Vanessa, our daughter? And lo and behold, there she was at the front door. <laughs> A friend of hers who lives in San Diego, and he's from here, uh, was coming. He was driving and she just hitched a ride. He drove the whole way to 18 hours. She offered to drive. Said, no, I'll do it. 18 hours. What a surprise. That was so cool. I couldn't believe it. Even after it was done, wow, I just can't hardly believe this. It was so good to see her. And we did go down to Texoma Friday and Saturday. Came back yesterday. But, you know, I thought, God, think about how God worked with various individuals in the Bible. How many times did he do something that was unexpected. Lots. Abraham. He wasn't expecting God to speak to him. However he did. And say leave your home. And I'll, I'll go to a. I'm going to lead you to a land that uh, I'll show you where to go. Uh, you know Moses. He was taking care of sheep out in the, you know, the wilderness. And all of a sudden he sees this bush that's burning. And it's not consumed. And he hears a voice from heaven. I get her an angel whatever saying Moses. Take your shoes off because you're standing on the holy ground. He wasn't expecting that. And you're looking even through the book of Acts coming in the New Testament. 
How many times did God work with them and work by His Spirit when they were not expecting it? Because God's a good Father and He likes to surprise us. He likes to surprise us. And I think, Lord, you know, I shared with you last week, and I wanted to kind of straighten up some information. Uh, John Kilpatrick was the pastor of Brownsville Assembly of God in Pensacola. And they had been praying for about two years uh, back in the 90s. And in 95, one Sunday morning, they'd been praying for revival. All of a sudden, the presence of God came in. People started coming to the altar and repenting. People were filled with the Spirit. There were miracles. And from 95 to 2000, there were, I said 1 million, that's not right. There were 4 million people that came to Pensacola to the church to see what was going on. 4 million. Surprise. Now, they were praying for it. So there was faith there. There was hope, you know, believing God's going to do something. But then it came. Why did it come after two years? I don't know. But I think, you know, Lord, we've been praying. God, you do something in New Beginning Fellowship Church. Let us be a portal, if you will, where you can pour out yourself and your power so they can work in and through us and minister to people. And, and you know, I don't care if we have thousands and thousands of co- to come here and see what's going on. That doesn't matter. That's, and how God does it, it's totally up to Him. Right? Because He's God. What He wants us to do is simply seek Him and pursue Him and, and seek Him and pray and ask and just tell Him. I'm, I'm, here's a good prayer right here. God, I, I, I don't want to get drunk with alcohol, but I want to be filled. I want to be filled with your spirit. I, I want all of us to be filled. I want those that are watching to be filled on Facebook Live. I want the spirit of God to minister to us and every person watching in his way that he desires. Why? Because he's a good father. He knows what we need. And he's able to meet that, to not only to meet our need, but to work in us and through us. To meet the needs of other people. Wow. God, you are good. Lord, surprise us. <laughs> surprise us. All right, what does he want us to do? <clears throat> Look at uh, Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. The church was growing. The church had resisted. Uh, the temptation basically to give up or to stop preaching, to continue to preach and to minister. And, uh, but then in Acts chapter 8, a great persecution comes against the church and believers are scattered. They're forced out of Jerusalem except for the apostles. Philip went down to a city of Samaria and he began to preach. In fact, verse 5, it says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And verse 6 says, multitudes with one accord heeded, listened to the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. There was great joy in the city. Even this guy, Simon, who was a sorcerer, got saved. He followed Philip. He was amazed at all the, the miracles that were happening. Verse 12 says, and when they believed Philip... As he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Simon himself was baptized. So, were they born again? According to verse 12, they believed Philip. Philip was preaching Christ to them. He was preaching about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. 
And they not only did they believe, but they were also baptized. So were they saved? Well, sure, they were born again. I don't think we could, I don't see how we could deny that. They were born again. They were saved. You know, I was saved, and you know my testimony, when I was, I think, about 15, 16 years old. And I had not been baptized in water. I had been baptized as a child. But I know I was born again. I mean, I, I knew Jesus, I talked to him, I shared him with others, I had a relationship with the Father. And if being saved is not just, it's just not following a set of rules. No. Being saved is a relationship, right? Pat talked about that a couple of weeks ago. So I know, I mean, somebody could say, no, you, didn't, you weren't saved because you weren't baptized or this or that. No, I was born again, I know I was. Amen. But I didn't know about this thing, this other thing that someone later told me about, and that is somebody said when I was about 19 years old, they said, you know, there's another experience called being filled with the Spirit. I said, oh, really? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because John said, John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water. One coming after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I thought, well, that sounds pretty cool, but I, I've never heard of that. I mean, I was raised Presbyterian, you know, they didn't talk about stuff like that. They didn't really talk about salvation. Maybe some churches did, but the one I was a part of didn't. And they were good people and so on. They just didn't really explain some of those things. Well, these people right here were born again. <clears throat> but look at verse 14. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, so thus far, they've, they've listened to what Philip preached, they believed it, they were baptized, and they received the word of God. So to me, they said there was no doubt they were truly saved, what we would call being born again. Verse 15, who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They, were only, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that the, through the laying on of the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. <clears throat> so, they were saved. But John and, and Peter and the, the rest said they need something else. They need to be filled with the Spirit of God. They need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And again, if they wouldn't have been... Would they have gone to heaven? Well, sure they would have. And, and you know, if, if I would have something happened, happened to me after I was born again, before I was filled with the Spirit, I'd have gone to heaven. It's not an issue of that. When we get saved, then we become a child of God. We're made right with the Father. Our names are written in heaven. But Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses. What is the purpose of being filled with or being baptized with the Holy Spirit? It's, yeah, it's to, to receive his power so we could be his witness, witnesses. Well, someone told me, says, you're saved. That's great. You need something else. And I thought, well, okay. He's a friend of mine, and, and we worked the same place. And I said, all right, well, pray for me. So I went back to our apartment. We'd gone out to eat or something. And uh, he laid his hands on me. I thought that was kind of weird, too. Our church, they didn't lay your hands on you. you know, they shook hands, made a hug, hug neck, but they didn't do any laying on of hands. But he laid hands on me. I was totally, I was just there. I was just sitting down. I thought, well, if something happens, it does. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And it didn't. It didn't because there was absolutely no faith on my part. 
There was no expectation. I didn't really know what he was doing. So nothing happened. But later, later, I, I, I thought, well, you know, maybe I need to find out about this. So I began to read the word, the book of Acts, and I found out that there's several places where they were filled. And most of the time, they spoke in tongues after they were filled with the Spirit. Well, my church never talked about that. I'd never heard of that. That's strange. I never heard anybody speak in tongues. I'm sure it would freak me out if I would have. <laughs> you know, it's totally strange, you know. So l- later in my, my life, just, oh, it probably wasn't a few months later, after I began to read and I thought, you know, it is there. There is something and there must be an experience uh, of, of being filled with the Spirit. Now, sometimes they had hands laid on them and sometimes they didn't. Acts chapter 2, they didn't. Chapter 10, house of Cornelius, they did. The Holy Spirit just came. But I was listening, and some of y'all have heard this before, but I was listening to a preacher on the radio, and he said this, you can, you can be filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues. And you know, it, when he said that, I don't remember who he was, I don't remember anything else he said, but I had put some word in me And I had seen that, you know, this looks like a legitimate experience. This looks like it's it's Bible. I wasn't taught this when I was young. But nonetheless, I've read these passages. I've read their experiences. Maybe he's right. So when he said that, I believed it. And when I did, I think I even raised my hands. And, you know, I began to say some words that come out of my mouth that were not English. And it wasn't, there wasn't a, a... I didn't feel any wind. It wasn't something that was forced out of my mouth. I just began to say some words, and I thought, sounds weird. But I thought, wow, what was that, you know? And I, 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 uh, I, I just spoke a few words, and then I stopped. Now, I worked in a jail at the time, and, you know, I, I would, uh, we would print the prisoners and lock them up and do the whole thing. And, you know, I noticed, looking back, I thought, you know, my witness with those prisoners and even the people that I worked with, changed that day. Something happened that day. Looking back, I didn't understand it at first because I I was always willing to talk to people about Jesus, but uh, something happened that day. And looking back, I think, well, Lord, I know what happened. I was filled with the Spirit. Uh, That's pretty cool because Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Spirit comes upon you and you'll be witnesses unto me. You'll be my witnesses. Uh, That's pretty good. Well, have you received the power of the Spirit? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Now, whether you have or whether you have it, you know, we don't, we don't, uh, you know, condemn anybody. We don't put anybody down. You say, well, I haven't received that. And those tongues kind of scare me. Hey, we're not going to push you. We're not going to pressure you. But we have to preach the full counsel of God. This changed my life. This changed my life. I was listening to somebody... Well, as Andrew Womack, if you know, some of y'all know him. I was listening to him talk about the Holy Spirit here this past week. And he said this. In his ministry, he's got a Bible school. He, he, he books and teachings. And he's a very good teacher of the Word. But he said this. If I would not have been filled with the Spirit and baptized with the Holy Spirit, my, ministry, my life and ministry would not be where it is today. It changed them. If we look at the disciples, it changed them. It transformed them. You know what? If it did it for them, it'll do it for us. It'll do it for us. So, Peter and John went down there. Verse 17 says, They laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. 
He said, but it doesn't say here that they spoke in tongues. That's true. But Simon saw something in verse 18. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money. He said, give me this power that on um, whoever I lay my hands, they'll receive the Holy Spirit. And, of course, Peter rebuked him very strongly. Well, one of the ways, you know, that one of the ways that you could we could see in the Bible that was, you could say, evidence that they were filled with the Spirit is they did speak in tongues. Chapter 2, they did. In chapter 10 at the house of Cornelius, we'll read this maybe later, but it says they, they spoke in tongues and magnified God. Then in chapter 19, they were Ephesian disciples. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So each time something happened to them. Now chapter 8, it doesn't say that they spoke in tongues, but whatever happened to them, it was impressive enough to Simon that he was willing to pay money to get it. You see that? You know, he he said, I I want what you have. You laid hands on them and something happened to them. So I think it would be reasonable to say something visible and and something they could see. There was some kind of manifestation of the Spirit of God in their lives. Well, the question is often asked, do I have to speak in tongues? Well, no, you know, God doesn't really make us do he doesn't really force us to do many things. Don't have to, but it kind of comes with the package. It's kind of a package deal. And honestly, I can say <clears throat> praying in tongues, speaking in tongues, the experience I had back when I was about 19, I guess I prayed in tongues probably every day since then, is one of the most effective tools that we have to build ourselves up. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, building up yourselves by praying in the Spirit. And clearly he's talking about tongues. It works. Oral Roberts, <clears throat> I know Oral has, uh, has, has had some criticism. But you know, he accomplished a lot of things for God. I, I went to his university in my, to, to get my graduate degree. And uh, he was alive back then. And he, he accomplished a lot. You know what he said? He said, the things that I've done in my life that have been successful primarily have been through spending time praying, praying in the Spirit, or praying in tongues. And then at times God would give him an interpretation of it, of his own tongue. Well, 1 Corinthians 14 talks about that. So it is a powerful tool. But step number one is to be filled with his Spirit. Have you been? Say, well... Uh, you know, if you say, yeah, I have been, I've had an experience, I say, that's great, that's good, but you, we need more. I've had an experience, but I want more. I want God to fill me more. I, so I can be, I bear more to fruit of the Spirit, sure, love, joy, peace, and all that, but also have more gifts of the Spirit. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, healing, miracles. Those gifts are for us to build us up. It's also for us to take outside to use with the word of wisdom, with the word of knowledge, healing, and all of those gifts, God, He wants to give us those. He wants to, us to use them here to edify each other, but also to be a blessing to the world. And those gifts can work through each one of us. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Are you ready? Amen. Galatians chapter 3. Listen to this. Galatians chapter 3. Apostle Paul said this. He was dealing with a church that was going back into legalism and they were moving away from the grace of God. He, he had that expression, you've fallen from grace. 
Uh, I won't get into that, but, but, but the deal was, you know, they, some of them say you have to be circumcised to be saved and so on. So Paul is correcting that. And he says in chapter 3, verse 1, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? <clears throat> Did you receive the Spirit <clears throat> by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So, are, are there certain laws and certain works that we have to do to receive the Spirit? Well, no, it's by the hearing of faith. That's a literal translation. Some say by hearing and believing or by believing what you heard. All the activities, anything God's going to bless us with comes the same way, the same way we're saved. It's by God's grace and through our faith. His grace, kindness that we don't earn, we don't deserve, and our faith in it. When I came to the place where I believed what that preacher said, you can be filled with the Spirit and you'll speak in tongues. Well, I did. It's the same today. Can, can I receive the Holy Spirit? Can I be filled with the Spirit and, and have the gifts of the Spirit? Absolutely. But what's going to take? You're going to have to believe it. Paul says here, you didn't do it by the works of the law. You said, I'm not good enough. Well, that's why God gives us the Spirit to empower us to overcome some of that stuff. Okay? None of us are good enough to be saved or anything. It's not an issue of us being good. It's an issue of us believing what we heard. And Jesus said, you, you, back in, in Luke, uh, oh, about 12, I think 12th chapter, he said, Ask, and it'll be given you, seek, and you'll find, knock, and the door will be open. And he said this, you disciples, you know, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? He'll give it to us. Let me read on down, in, in, again, in Galatians 3. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? No, by the hearing of faith. By hearing with faith, or believing what you heard, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, He supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you. Again, He does it, not by the works of the law, but by the hearing of faith. God wants to supply power to us, miracles. He wants to, to supply the Spirit to us. And it's going to come through the same way. When we come to the place where I say, God, you want me to be filled. You want to fill me. And if I ask you and if I believe it, you're going to do it. Well, do I, am I going to speak in tongues at that moment? You know, I'm, I'm not going to press that issue. Just seek him. And when, when you ask, believe it. Believe he's going to fill you. Also, it is biblical to lay hands on, on those who desire to be filled. You don't necessarily have to. I didn't have hands laid on me. When I was filled with the Spirit, Lisa did. We went to revival, and he was preaching on something like this many, many years ago. That's before we were married, by the way. <laughs> and he, he came. His name was John Jacobs, uh, not of the power team, but uh, he was a, a, a Jewish believer. And uh, she was, I think, the first one. They, was, they had the old altars in that church, and she came. I, I think she knelt down, if I remember right. And he laid his hands on her, and, and she began to speak in tongues immediately. And well, it was a supernatural thing because God's a supernatural God. Amen. You know, and I don't want to overemphasize tongues. You know, I don't want to do that. Jesus said this, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He didn't say you shall receive tongues. However, they did seem to speak in tongues. You know, one of the reasons why when they were filled with the Spirit, 
something came out of their mouth. Because there's a connection between our spirits, our hearts, and our tongues. Sometimes they magnified God. They spoke in tongues. They magnified God. Sometimes they prophesied. When they were filled, they spoke. That's what we need. We need to be filled so we can start speaking. I need to speak more. You need to speak more. We have a world out there that needs what you and I have. It's Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we love you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. Worship team, are y'all? I don't know if Mike is still here. Thank you, Father. Mike is in the building. Oh, there you are. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord. You're a God who moves by your spirit. You surprise us. God, we're expecting good surprises. We're expecting good things. Thank you, Lord. Lord, you said in your word, it's not by might or power, it's by your spirit. It's by your spirit. We know, God, that if we're going to do anything for you, it's going to be by the power of your spirit. We need you, Lord. We need to be filled with you. You know, when you're born again, I I don't want you to misunderstand me. When you're saved, certainly it is a work of the Spirit of God. We're regenerated by the Holy Spirit. We're born of the Spirit. Our spirits are reborn by the Holy Spirit. And yet, yet there does seem to be a, a... filling of the Spirit that's separate from salvation. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we're just here just to do whatever you want us to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Why don't you all stand? If you want and you're willing to let God fill you to overflowing, would you just tell Him right now? Just tell Him. Father, We just lift our hearts to you. God, you're a God who is good. You're a good, good father as we sang about it. I thank you, Lord. I can give you all the praise for what you've done in my life. And Lord, I can say the same as as Brother Andrew. Uh, Womack said, I wouldn't be where I am today if it hadn't been that you filled me with your spirit. And I know, God, that's an ongoing uh, experience too. It's an ongoing walk where we just let you fill us over and over and over again. (laughs) Praise God. We want to be filled. Just tell Him. Just fill us, Lord, even this morning, God. Fill us with your Spirit, oh God. Glory to God. Yes, Lord. We bless you for it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Is there something holding you back from asking? Why don't you just lift your voice, just tell Him. Lord, just fill us. Thank you, Father. Just tell them. Father, just fill. Fill your saints. Fill your saints, oh God. Fill us, oh God. We want power to be witnesses. We want the gifts of the Spirit working in our life. Lord, we come against any kind of hindrance, anything that would hinder us. We humble ourselves before you and say, God, we're we're just people, Lord, but you're you're not, Father. You're you're a spirit, and and we need your Holy Spirit. We need the parakletos, the, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, one called alongside to help. Fill us, O oh God. We bless you for it. We love you, Lord. Fill us overflowing, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Just keep praying. Just pray. Just seek Him. And if you say, you know, I haven't been, but I'd like hands laid on me. If you believe you're going to receive, 
then you come down here. I'll be happy to lay hands on you. I'll just put my hand on your head or your shoulder. Always respectful. I'll just say, God, fill fill this brother, fill this sister with the Spirit. And I believe it'll happen if you come expecting. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're seeking you, Lord. We're seeking you. Oh, bless your name, Father. Bless your name. Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Oh, blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, you're good, Lord. You're good. You're good. You're light. You're love. Praise God. Holy Spirit of God. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You know, if we hunger and thirst for righteousness, Jesus said we'll be filled. You know, I've talked a lot about this the last few times. and God's developed a new hunger in me. And it's a gracious thing. I appreciate Him doing that. And I know He's working in you too. And I also know we have some things that are holding us back. One of the biggest ones is, um, you know, just a fear of what people think, that type of thing. And I, I have some of that I shared last week. Yeah, sometimes I'm too concerned about what other people think. But I want to overcome that. And I know we, we only overcome stuff by His Spirit anyway, right? We, we, want to, we want to get just get over that type of thing and just say, God, hey, here I am, Lord. God, you, you know, I, I, if, if you're thirsty... And, uh, you know, we went out on uh, Lisa's brother's boat yesterday, Texoma. He took Lisa's mom and dad and her and I, and uh, it was hot. Lisa's dad's 84, I think. You have a few health issues, and we got hot. We got hot and hot. And uh, coming back, he dropped us off, and he had to walk a good ways. And thankfully, we, we got him into the car and so on. I'm glad it was okay, but... You know, his body, no doubt, was craving liquids because of he had, he had expelled, expended a lot of energy and because of the heat. And you know, go ahead and keep playing. That's good. I like it. <laughs> it's good. Uh, but, you know, his, his body, you know, he was getting weak. And I tell you, if we'd have continued like that, he could have had some problems. He could have had a heat stroke or something. But his, he was, his physical person was craving liquids. You know, you know how you, you know how that's been too. You work outside and so on. You know, our spirits, if our spirits will crave, crave God, saying, God, I've got you, and I don't want to diminish the value of what you have. Okay? But I'm just saying there is more. There is more. You say, but yeah, but I yeah, but there's more. You know? Because there's more. I want more. I want more. Let's tell him. Why don't you pray, pray this prayer with me? Let's just get in agreement if you can. Just say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly say it right out loud. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father I, just ask you I just ask you to fill me with your Spirit. Overflowing. So that from within me will flow rivers of living water on other people. And praises to you. And blessings on the believers. Lord, I open myself. I open my heart to you. 
get out anything that's not of you. And just fill me afresh and anew. In Jesus' name. Praise you for it, Father. Praise you for it. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Father. Glory to God.